Welcome, family and friends, to random number 91. That's right. I'm Ox. That's Luke. And we're going to tell you about all the newer stuff that you should be watching or what you should be avoiding uh, for this week. American Gods is back. So we checked out the first episode. Uh, I finished watching through The Widow, which was a real shit show. Um, I finished up I Am the Night. I don't think you watched any more of that, did you? I watched the first episode. That's okay. all I gave it. Uh, did you finish up the passage? Yeah. Okay. So then for the best and worst for this week, we've got The Green Mile and Centipede 3. And then five episodes of Battlestar Galactica Season 2. And then we're going to finish up with Captain Marvel that we saw theatrically. So you got everything watched other than The Widow and I Am the Night. Yeah, I wasn't doing those, but yeah, I got everything else watched. And uh, I'm still caught up on Deadly Claws. I'm assuming you are too? Uh, yeah, I think we're going to hold off on talking about that. We'll probably catch up in, I think, it's got this week's episode and then next week's the finale. So, we'll, uh, do we have anything planned for the March, March um, screen the script? I'm sure there's something. Don't you worry. Okay, okay. I was going to suggest doing volume two and then wrapping up the Deadly Glass discussion. But... Well, I mean, technically, we could have read The Green Mile and then done that. I mean, we could have, but I'm pretty sure I'm fine with just the movie version. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's get into it then. What do you think of... Well, let's start with American Gods since it's fresh on my mind and I'm sure yours too. Uh Wow, did it not feel like it's been... I couldn't believe it's been two years since that show was on. Like, I... Like, the only reason I watched it... Because, one, I was sending you the, like, reviews for season two, and everyone's like, it's fucking shit. And I was like, ooh, I'm kind of excited for some shit right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's why you were so excited about it. But then, like, I was at... I was working this weekend and Hannah texts me. She's like, I saw an ad for American Gods. Can I watch it? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch the premiere. So I'll sign up for seven days of stars and watch the premiere. So ah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause but, I figured uh, when we were talking about it, like a couple months ago, you said we were going to just catch up at the end and just watch through it. Yeah. So it's good. Just touch base on the premiere. Um, I, what the hell was it? I last night I wasn't feeling well and like kind of just laid on the couch and I watched the last four or five episodes of season one because she was watching it so I just kind of laid there in a fugue state and watched it all but so it's all kind of fresh on my mind. Um, it's I'd... it's not bad. Like I think people were saying it's shit, but they've also seen like two more episodes than yeah. this. But, like this first episode's fine. Um, yeah, it is. It's just slow. It feels like uh, I I believe there's one episode in uh, season one that I really hated, and it was just it felt like it was the same paced. Well, this feels so much faster than anything in season one. Mm. We get we get to the house on the rat rock. We do the meeting, and then we get the attack on them. A lot happens comparative to like that first season. No, there I agree. There's a lot that happens, but when they actually go to the level of where it's happening, everything just feels like so slow. 
Like it's, okay. there's no, there, it seemed like there was urgency in the first season, and like it just seemed there like nobody not. gives a fuck. It there feels was like nobody gives a fuck. There was none in that first season. They just kind of ride around in the car and talk and don't answer questions for that whole first season. Mm, again, I haven't seen it for a couple of years, so I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, but I've, it feels very much like that one episode we disagreed on so much that it was a slower episode. Yeah, but you're just a baby about slow. Like, I don't understand you sometimes. Like, <laughs> you're like... It- this shit's slow, and then, like, season seven of Game of Thrones, like, shit moves too fast. What the fuck? Like, where's the sweet spot for you? I, I feel like uh, Battlestar Galactica is that, that sweet spot. Which moves than almost anything. <laughs> well, yeah, get on their level. Uh, no, I don't know what to say. I, I went in with so low expectations, like, I figured it was just gonna be shit from the get-go. And it's... I'm more confused on where everybody is than what is actually happening. So I think I'm going to go back and probably catch the at least the last couple episodes from the first season. Just because I'm going to help you. Okay. Well, that's fair. (laughs) But yeah, I'm just just kind of blah. Uh, I was kind of disappointed that they didn't have a short story at the beginning to to show these gods and like a new god, anyway. But I guess everybody we saw in this episode, we kind of found out about. But that wasn't necessarily true about most of the other short stories. Like, we learned about gods that we never even saw half the time. A few, but I also think those were one of the reasons that the budget on that show was ballooning and why they got rid of Fuller. You know, like, doing those little short movies at the beginning had to cost... I believe, I believe that. But that sucks because, like, those were my favorite parts of this little, little fun little show. So, what? You're not a big fan of fucking Swearingen just having no eye and being Odin? <laughs> that old god scene was just really weird. Um, yeah, welcome to fucking House on the Rock. That shit is weird. <laughs> So where is it compared? Like I'm guessing this is still where they are in the book, right? Like you still have knowledge, but from the book for this. Yeah. So like I was kind of bitching to Hannah about how slow this show is moving, and I was like, "What was that? Say that one what, more time." I don't. Mean, <laughs> I mean, in terms of where they're going with the material, like, okay, so there's that scene where Shadow like gets his fortune from the fucking big machine, you know? Yeah. And, like, I literally opened my book and found that page. That's on page 107. Like, huh. that's all the further they are in this book. Uh, so how long's the book? Like, 500 pages? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's what I mean. Like, it, it feels like there's so much to dive into, and it just seems like they're lollygagging and taking their time with whatever the, the little set pieces that they have right now. Yeah, and I mean, my pretty much my words to her last night were just like, it's pissed me off. But like, they're probably not going to get a third season after how long it took and how difficult this season was. Like, and Gaiman has said, he's like, we're not even getting to Lakeside this year. We're only getting to Cairo. And I was like, that's only like another 70 pages in. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, uh, well, this is their only front runner they have right now, isn't it? For stars? We'll start. There's that new show that 
premiered, I think, Sunday as well. Apocalypse Now. That's getting some good buzz. I need to mm. check that out. But uh, And then they have the Outlander show that fucking everyone oh, seemed yeah, to yeah. love. That's fair. Hmm. It just seemed like this one was really hot when it hit two years ago. And like it felt like it was going to rival um, Game of Thrones fanship. Um, and I felt no, like that's why they... It was never going to do that. Yeah, I felt like it was. Sure. Well, I felt like they were taking the the year off because Game of Thrones was too, and so when they came back, they would be hitting about the same time that they would be. No, it's literally just production problems. <laughs> like they fired three people on show running that show. Jeez, did you read some of that shit from behind the scenes? It's nuts. No, like I didn't. so, like um, basically they got rid of Fuller and Green because of budget problems they were like they were pushing like 30 million over budget for what stars wanted and they wanted more money for season two and they were like no we can't do it so they brought in uh and gaiman wasn't happy with them apparently he wasn't happy with them deviating from the story a bunch and he's a producer so they got they got another guy on who was like we're gonna stick to the story and like to be fair like this is like a chapter of the book like this first episode follows it beat by beat you know Okay. Um, and then, like, uh, apparently that guy was like getting into screaming get matches with like Ian McShane, <laughs> and then like, apparently the actors were bored and hated what was going on set, so they just started making up dialogue. So uh, Orlando Jones, who plays Mr. Nancy, is a member of the Writers Guild, so he had to do rewrites on set for with what they were improvising, so that they weren't breaking uh, production guild problems <laughs> and like. It's just such a fucking mess. Yeah, it sounds like a fucking big, big old mess. Um, and then you know, of course, Jillian Anderson and Kristen Chenoweth left when they fired Fuller, so we don't have Easter media. And it's just a mess. Yeah, I figured that's how they were playing off the media thing that they were just um, looking for somebody that's not going to be Jillian Anderson when she when media returns anyway. Yeah, it, it has been recast, and then as far as I can tell, like. What Nancy's just like, oh, Easter said she's not coming. And I was like, yeah. she just plunged like a part of America into a famine and she just disappears from the story. Like, <laughs> uh, son of a bitch. Um, yeah, there's enough there that I'm still interested in the show and see where it goes. It's kind of cool to see that they're kind of following the book a little closer, I guess, but I was fine with how ridiculous they were taking it where they were for the first season. So I don't know. I think I'm more intrigued to see if you're appreciative of them sticking to the the script now, or uh, if they, if you would have rather them deviated like they would did with the well, first I'd season. Like, I thought some of the most interesting stuff from season one was where they deviated. Not and, that I don't like. And I mean, that was, the, that was the funnest part of the discussions is because like, you didn't necessarily know what was going to happen because, I mean, you had a good stance and, like, you had a good idea of where they were going to be, but there was some stuff that caught you off guard, and that was just fun because this was all new to me, so. Yeah. It's okay. Once it gets canceled, I'll just tell you everything. (laughs) So, uh, is this episode, or is this season eight episodes as well? Uh, yeah, I okay. think they were supposed to do nine, but they cut one for budget. No, that was last season. I can't remember. 
they were supposed <laughs> to get they were supposed to get Taos on the Rock last season, but apparently due to budget they cut an episode off. Hmm. Interesting. So like be... this, this should have been the finale of season one, technically. Uh, well, I'm glad it wasn't because that would have been fucking boring to get to that spot. For the what? How the rock is fascinating. What are you talking about? It was, but the build up and like the the Wednesday releasing his power at the end of season one, like that was such a better stopping point than. Shadow Moon getting stolen. Although it would have been way better to not know where Shadow Moon is going or what what's happening to him right now while he's like being drugged off. So yeah, I don't know. Cool. I think you've got me at such a low expectation for this show now with all those stories you were throwing my way. Like we were both like upset that the few people dropped off and then like they fired the couple others. It's like, I don't know where I sit with this show anymore. That's whatever. We have game of Thrones in a month. We'll be good. I'm so not looking forward to that. At any, any point. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's definitely not. We have not. Let's, let's be honest. Since that show went off the air, we haven't yelled at each other for extended periods. Every episode of the podcast. Because yeah. Yeah. But I'm not looking forward to because that's what the that's what the majority is going to be once it starts up again. What do we only have six episodes? I don't even know. I think there's six two-hour episodes each one, maybe an hour no, and a half. They announced the first two episodes are only fifty-five minutes. Thank fucking god. <laughs> but I thought they were. I thought they were doing bigger episodes, or I'm guessing probably the last four of them are. One and a half hour, two hours. Who knows? Who fucking knows? Fucking fuck that show. It's gonna be just fucking stupid. So stupid. I can't. No, I'm not. Definitely not looking forward to it. All of that. It's bullshit. <laughs> I don't understand how you enjoy it so much. Com- coming from your literary background and how much they've just shown that they suck at telling the story these last two seasons. Because they haven't. The story's become far more in focus the last two seasons. <laughs> no. Hmm. I don't know. I don't agree with that. It's just kind of shit. <laughs> Seeing we're already starting. Look at this. They, they're just not doing what you want them to do. That's not a fault of the storytelling. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's... <sighs> we'll get into it, I'm sure. I'm in a month. Look forward to that. So, I'm gonna rewatch all seven. <laughs> You're a fool. You're a goddamn fool. Let's I get out of fucking time. I do not good. have time to do that. That's good. I had a couple like when the Game of Thrones uh, season eight trailer hit. I had a few friends like text me that weekend. They're like, "We're finally getting into Game of Thrones." I was like, "Well, you make bad life decisions. Sorry about that. Like, it's good through like season four, kind of five. Then it really goes what? off the rails. Shit. You are so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to this in a month or two. So, yay. Um, On to the Widow. That mo- that show is real shit. See? But you'll sit there and watch that horseshit. After last week, I explained to you that you should quit. Why listen, wouldn't you admit I'm right? Listen. At this point, you're one and one. 
you never finished Future Man, which was brilliant, but you also never finished Widow, which is real shit. It's true. Um, which was ridiculous because watching half of it, it was very intriguing. Like it had this lost feel, like nobody really knew what was happening except everything that was happening was surface level and I was giving it way more credit than it was due. So when everything started unra- excuse me, unraveling and like leading out the mystery, like everything that they had showed was the real thing. Like when he's in the crate, it's just because he's trying to cross borders and doesn't have a passport and he's fearing for his life. And like, I got two more episodes in and like all this shit was revealed. And I was like, where the fuck are we supposed to go for two more episodes? And like, even the seventh episode wrapped up and it's like, yeah, everybody you've seen thus far is a piece of shit. Uh, minus Kate Beckinsale, who's naive and doesn't realize this is how the world kind of works. Um, but good on her. And then she, <laughs> that last episode is just a fight to get through. And like, I'm seven episodes deep. I might as well finish it off and see how it goes. But like, it's so fucking weird that last episode because like it starts off and she's helping this she's back in England uh, living on her own and like this guy walks up and is like trying to find his dog that's lost and like they spend the day looking for it and just can't find it to get back to her place and like he tries to make it move and he's like I've seen you around this parts and like I just wanted to really meet you. She runs off all the time and like, it's like, get the fuck out. Like, fuck you, man. And it's like, why did we spend all that time doing all this shit? Like, it just didn't make sense. And then like, uh, her dad, I I don't even understand what Tywin was in that show, but like he had helped her out. Um, He was a friend of her dad's, wasn't he? I have no fucking idea. I think so. I suppose I'll give him that credit. But he shows up with the uh, little girl and they just take off to move out to their own place together. Uh, after she had found her husband and realized that she he had had a baby with um, one of the ladies that had helped him get out of wherever the fuck they were. Um, but yeah. Can I be honest with you? I, I stopped listening at this point. Like, I wasn't interested in the show. It's good now because... <laughs> I'm feeling how bored I am just reiterating how shit the story was. And it's not. Listen, I but you're one for three actually right now. What? Future Man for sure. Uh, because no. they had that sweet, they <laughs> had the sweet one. Top Gun episode, and you never saw that. And you can't, you can't tell me anything different about that. One. Future Man does not count because you know I'm weird about comedy and it doesn't work for me for some weird reason. All right. I can give you that. Uh, but so I Am the Night turned out pretty good. Oh, fuck that. In that a show really weird sense. Um, it's hard giving that show a nod because it's uh, like that show is way darker than I was giving it credit for. Like, uh, when the big reveals happen, it's like, I'm really grossed out by watching this show at this point, even though, like, going into it, you kind of knew where all oh, the shit. pieces were. Was there incest? Is that what was gross? 
Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. (laughs) And it's really strange how they... Man. Credit to Chris Pine because he delivers some really, really great ways because, like, this little girl finds out from her mom that it was her grandfather, is her father, and it's like, that's the fucking grossest thing I've ever heard in my life. And she's just whatever, because she's moved on from this 15-year-old tragedy. And, like, uh, she's trying to get her daughter to not talk about it because she just doesn't want to. Um, And Chris Pine, like, is like, yeah, that really is the worst thing that could ever possibly happen. But I guess you got to deal with it. Uh, It's not necessarily that easily, but uh, the lines he he gives is really great. Um, So they make it back to the States, and he actually figures, like, he gets caught by the police, um, doesn't want to run the story with his daughter, and, like, the newspaper guy sells him out. Uh, So he's in prison, and Fauna gets trapped by her grandfather again, and basically is going to get murdered by him at this point and Chris Pine knows this and offers up this him basically as a sacrificial lamb like he tells the cop like the cop visits Hodel's house and sees her there and is like uh yeah there's some evil shit going on and I can't do anything because he's protected by all the facets of the law and Chris Pine's like listen you let me go and, like, this is when all the riots is going on in San Francisco and shit. Um, you let me go. I get lost in the, the mix of things. I'll make my way there, and I'll murder that bastard. And I'll fully confess whatever you got me for life. That's two birds, one stone. And he agrees to it. And it's a really powerful scene because Fauna actually gets the upper hand on him and tells him off and then walks away without having any blood on her hand, even though she has this awful situation she has to live with. So, um, yeah, it was a really great ending to it. And they both get away unscarred with the only of the scars they came into is with not knowing, I guess. So for six episodes, it was a pretty good show. I dug it a hell of a lot more than the widow anyway, <laughs> but yeah. Um, would you, how'd you feel about the passage considering is that basically what the book looked like? Kind of. Um, like, uh, once they, once the 12 break out of their cells and stuff and start running rampant, and like, uh, it's, uh, fucking Zach Morris and the kid up in the cabin, and he slowly dies of radiation poison poisoning because they started like nuking big cities trying to stop it. Mm. And then it does that kind of jump. So that is basically what happens. I feel like they kind of rushed that in the last episode, though. Yeah, that like, the, like they just took off from nowhere, and like it <laughs> to the point where I think the last episode started is like it's been three months, and then it's like yeah, it's was, been ninety some years. <laughs> it's like what the fuck? I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay, cool, we're doing like the three month jump, and then like they start introducing like how the one guard is attached to Babcock now and trying to feed her. And then like what, what Desmond's trying to do. And they introduce a couple new characters. Well, this is how they're going to keep, keep it going. You know, 
how next season is like nope we're doing 97 years in the future and I was like, oh. <laughs> are there more books beyond that first one this is only like not even half of the first book oh. but yes there's three of them so it's got her killing shit up like for the second half of it Maybe, man. I don't know. Once it got to, like, once it did the time <laughs> jump on it, I was just like, I am no longer interested in this book, really. I, I was, I felt the same way about the, the, uh, the, uh, show. I was like, we, we hit that time jump, and she's just this super, this Blade-esque vampire, and it's like, you know what, you guys had a good ten episodes, but that's all the attention I'm giving it. <laughs> but, yeah. just alright. I liked it. Um, I thought they did the vampires really cool. Um, it's interesting the vision she sees with um, Fanning and her saving him. So I don't know. I'm I'm mildly intrigued by that, but I really just don't care about the show anymore. Like it's <laughs> it seems like they tre- they lost all the extra weight that they had on that show, and it's like I think they could maybe do another hour of show, but beyond that I don't think they've got much to go on there so well you know they got whatever happens in the future now it's also really it's also awesome that like uh, America's trying to cover its ass and like we don't have a big problem here but we're definitely trying to fix everything and like everybody else is like so we're gonna nuke ya so uh, (laughs) good riddance fuck But yeah, it was fun. Uh, I I was surprised Zach stuck around through the series. I I figured he was going to be gone the four or five episodes in. So whatever, man. There was there were so many times that he logistically should have died on that show and didn't. Yeah, like even in the second to last episode when like they're trapped in like it's him the doctor trapped in the cell and all the vampires try to get in. There's like oh wait. Behind the main vampire cell, we had a little hatch back there you can climb right from the surface from. I'm like, what? <laughs> Just punch through the wall. Trust me, they won't follow you, even though there's seven around you. And I'm guessing they can climb a ladder a hell of a lot faster than you. And I also didn't understand, like, when <laughs> when uh, they were leaving the compound and they're like, oh, no, the, the vampires just got out. And they, like, get loose and get in the car and they're driving towards the city and the city's on fire. And I was like... What the vampires would just quit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really, it really started to slide that last couple of episodes, but yeah, it was, it was still fun. So, <sighs> let's get into the best and worst. Then um, we have to listen. This is your idea, so yeah, we do. I made a terrible mistake. I can only say this so many times. He certainly did, and he certainly told me that, and I was definitely not looking forward to Centipede. Oh, my God. Uh, Going in, I had no knowledge of Centipede, but you've seen the first one, right? Yeah. Did I tell you I've seen the first one? That's weird. I I think you mentioned it when we talked about it last week. Oh, yes, I've seen the first one, which is dumb, but it's whatever. <laughs> was and it I was, like, was one quite uh, a bit more graphic than this one? No. The worst part of like one is like that you see part of it cuz they fit, they show the prisoners the first two movies in this film. Uh but like the doctor has them on a lot and like the 
lead one's like, oh, and, like, you hear him graphically, like, pooping into another one's mouth. Like, it's not a graphic movie or anything. Huh. I guess that's what I was expecting. And, like, this was just a a mess of (laughs) racism and I don't know what to say. It literally just felt like, it felt like somebody's being, like, let's be shocking and then do it in the most non-shocking. It's just... It's just a European dude screaming racial slurs for an hour mm-hmm. and a half. That's yeah. all this movie is. Yep. And, and, and weird misogyny and it's bad. It really feels like um, the guy who made Trolls 2. Like, have you ever seen... Don't you bad mouth Trolls listen, 2. Listen, listen. Have you ever heard the interviews of that director? Yeah, he's a crazy Italian, man. Yeah, it feels like Somebody like that made this movie, and definitely, you know who made this movie. He's in the fucking movie. Was that the guy that showed up and and pitched the idea or whatever? When they're like, "We want to take your movie," and yeah, that is the three <laughs> of those fucking movies. Oh wow! I like this movie. I like. I don't even. Oh, this movie is not acceptable. And it takes an hour and 30 minutes of an hour and 40 minute long movie till we get to a human centipede. And then it's just a terrible CGI human centipede. Yeah. Just, it's just like, it's like a matte painting from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Oh, real awful. Down. And fucking, what, man, what is some, like, what is Aaron Roberts doing in this movie? <laughs> I couldn't tell you, but boy, he got that paycheck. Fucking Christ, man! I and I don't. Okay, I'm not gonna front. Like, I love horror movies, and I think there can be the the ones that are good, like uh, have a lot of like social commentary and there's depth to them. Yeah, and like this movie could have had it. You know, it could have dealt with like our prison system and the idea of the 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 strain on you know, taxes and how we can't afford it and we're keeping them in for many old like it could have been there. Yeah. They could have done something semi smart with this movie. But instead, I was just flabbergasted by like the line readings that this man was giving. Like he's just screaming all the time for no reason. Mm-hmm. His goddamn his goddamn tongue might as well be a co star for how much it's fallen out of his mouth and flicking around and <laughs> just goddamn disgusting. Uh yeah. Just a. Uh... Just a really awful movie, <laughs> and that so. thing is like it's not, and I'm not even offended by it. Like that's the thing. Like if it was, you know, like the racism and like um, American History X like affected me, and like yeah. you know, I felt that this is just someone literally being like say the n word to be shocking, and it, it's not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like it's just, it's not bad from hmm, from a filmmaking perspective like I I think yes, yes. hold yes, on yes. I'm trying to figure out how I want to say this like it's 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 very bad that's for sure um, but the director seems like he's competent enough that if he had a, an alright script he could put out a, a decent movie but for what he had for this one I don't know. Well, like, he wrote it, so fuck him, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Ugh. 
Like this, this would have flown in like the eighties easily, but I don't know. We've got better shit now, so it's just it's it's not it's not good. It's not bad enough to be good. It's not offensive to shock you. It's just a big pile of mess just laying yeah. there, steaming yeah. on the screen. Yeah, it just feels like um, I don't know somebody's college project that like they just kind of got a few more investors that they were surprised to get and they yeah. actually got a decent budget and they did because I was like the movie came up and I was like what the fuck are you doing IFC <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was the, probably the most shocking part of it I was like this is an actual studio huh I'll be damned and I love that opening the movie is like listen you're probably not gonna like this movie, but uh, it's good. It's very graphic and very sexual rape scenes, whatever. So, but it wasn't once. either. It I really just... wasn't. But I mean, I guess since they did show rape two or three times, no, they just one Allu- alluded one to it. one the dream sequence does not count because he rapes his kidney hole or whatever. It's just really weird. Listen, <laughs> that just... counts. Because they showed it, but so stupid. (laughs) So I don't Uh, know what to say besides avoid these movies at all costs. Yep, this is there is there is thirty more movies to go, sir. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm personally offended that Gunday is worse than this one. Uh, Actually, no, no, I guess that's that means it's better. Mm, Never mind. I think yes. that's that one. Fair enough. But Gunday is much better. But it's not far removed. So we've got to see 30 more awful movies like this. That'll be interesting. Oh, man. <laughs> it was rough. I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Uh, so going from that to the three-hour movie, The Green Mile. Um, I don't think I've seen this since it came out fucking what 25 years ago uh yeah I think it was 99. um i had never seen it oh really so yeah. what do you feel about it i feel that the same with darabont's other stephen king adaptations the mist and shawshank redemption that it is wildly overrated that's fair i feel <sighs> back to when we were talking about breaking bad and how well um, Walt and Jesse play with each other. I feel like that same sense with Darabont and Stephen King. Like, it's nothing exemplary, but they make each other work a little bit better than they should. Um, <laughs> and considering how much Stephen King we've had in the last two years, like, it was nice not to have such a horror movie, but, it se- but that's where... Stephen King's strengths rely or lie. Whatever. So like whatever man, that fucking that hundred and eighty minute runtime was terrifying. Jesus fuck. Listen, you <laughs> you rented it. I recorded it on TV and I had to blow through commercials, so I had to sit like I was staring down a four four hour fucking mark. Man, like <laughs> and that's the thing is like I don't think that Anything that, because there's lots that I feel we could have trimmed the fuck down in oh, that movie. Yeah, absolutely. 
and I don't think we would have lost any anything for it. Mm-hmm. Like we spend the first hour of that movie just being just piling around with a fucking mouse. Yeah. It's just like this is this isn't fucking mouse hunt with Nathan Lane. Fucking get it together. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot that I'd forgotten about this movie. Like I knew there was a decent twist, but um, I guess at the end, uh, Clark Duncan got what is deserved because he actually ended up killing two people for sure. Um, and, and discriminately, whatever. Um, but he yeah, I mean, he had a hand in it. He killed one person? He, but he, he, well, I don't know. It was never explained what that, whatever he coughed into Percy's mouth was. So I imagine yeah, but like Percy that. Did die. Yeah, but he's comatose, so he essentially was. And he's locked in a mental institution. It's it's poetic justice. He finally transferred to Briar yeah. Rose, right? Yeah, it's fair. And yeah, I think you could get away with trimming that first execution down. Um, I don't think you had to show that at all. Um, I think you lead into it with the one that is the misfire. Um there's so much that could be trimmed down. Like this could easily be a two hour, maybe one and a half hour movie and like easily. But then again, this is 25, 20, 25 years old. So it's like one of their first together. I guess Shawshank was before this, wasn't it? Yeah. Shawshank was like, yeah. So, huh? No, it's just, I don't know. And it's gotten to the point, you know, like movies have become so bloated now. Like back in like 99, a three hour movie was rare, but like so many movies are just so long that I just beg for 90 minutes again. Like the fucking <laughs> human centipede was over 90 minutes, you know, like yeah. just get your story. In the end, I don't feel like through that extended runtime that I learned anything more about these characters that I couldn't have learned in two hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's a good movie. I liked it. Um, it's just a lot to, like, when you see that red time, it's like, god damn it, I have to set aside this much time to watch a movie, so it's like, it's kind of daunting in that way, but I feel, did you appreciate it having seen it finally, or, like, you could have just done without seeing it? I could have just done without, like, I am shocked that it is this high. Yeah. On this well-regarded list, like it's fine. Well, is Shawshank on um, the list? I'm not telling you what's on the list. Hmm. Well, I'm I'm sure you would but, say that it was because I'm sure you're not excited to see any Darabont or uh, Stephen King again. But the mist was that's great. Just, I really lo- I really enjoy the mist. No. The mist works that first time when you're like, oh shit, and then you realize, no, this is just kind of bad. Hmm. Possibly. I think I've only seen it two times. One of the regular times and then the black and white time. So. Well, even just like, just thinking about it, that movie is not. Yeah. yeah. I think it's fun. It's a fun Friday night movie just like hanging out with friends, but like, yeah. Going out of your way to see it. And like, the thing most people come away with like oh like oh my god that ending and then you realize that ending is just a giant slap in the face once like the twist that the, it was the soldiers not a monster you're like oh fuck yourself come on <laughs> what are you doing? 
Uh, yeah, but Punisher killed his son and didn't have to. It's literally, it might as well have ended with him being like, no, screaming at this guy, and then it cut to fucking Rod Serling being like, it turned out we were the <laughs> monsters. And then the Twilight Zone theme played. <laughs> like, uh, that would have been great. So, there's your best and worst of the week. Um, finally, we can talk about some Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I've, I've realized, like, I keep fucking up because basically the minute we stop recording the podcast, because we always record on my day off, I then go and watch five episodes of Bowser <laughs> Galactica and then don't think about it for a week. <laughs> it's, like, it's a very hard line for me to play, like, because, like, I'm in love with this show so much that, like, if I would have watched this right out of the gate when we got done recording last week, I'm pretty sure I would have pressed on. And even seeing you like oh, yeah. get that half upset in, I'm like that motherfucker. Oh, that's because I fell asleep oh, that's watching fair. it. That's, that's all. Uh, but yeah, um, speaking to what we were speaking, like I love that there's finality in the bits of story that they're telling. Um, when we left last time, the first five episodes, you have the fleet splitting essentially. Uh, you have the religious folks and then the people that are looking to survive, I suppose. Uh, Adama, Adama's crew and then Rosalind's crew. Um, and we get right back into this and Adama realizes he made a mistake and decides to chase after him and protect them. So, um, Well, Adama has to be chided by fucking D because he spends most of it being like, fuck them, they're dead, <laughs> whatever, I don't care. But he realizes that he made a mistake. And, like, even though he doesn't think what they're doing is the smartest thing, he realizes that they are still family and has to put up with them. So, uh, yeah, it's more the whole thing is just a he's he feels personally betrayed. Mm-hmm. There's nothing tactical or, it, you know, it's he's not thinking straight because they, they hurt so hard. That's what happened. My kid ran away with the president. I'm sad. Like it's him being completely emotional, which is a a good, good side to see, especially through everything he's been through already this season, being shot and being laid laid up on a table for four episodes. But like to see that speed where he gets regains control of his commander position on the ship, half the fleet splits, and then he spends an episode figuring out if what his next move should be and then realizes that he should get them back and like see see where that path lies. Uh because he did promise these people that he was gonna find Earth and they have the surest way to get there so far. Um so leads so he runs down the rabbit hole chasing them. So it was really nice to see that. Especially because he had missed his son and he never got to see him after he got shot. So um, you get that touching when they when they reunite is so great um, and then Sharon shows up um, and he fucking slams her on the ground for being a pregnant Cylon she is getting the shit kicked out of her for the most part Cylons are both tough I mean man. they have to be I suppose but, yeah. but um, then you get that little uh side story where Dexter's father's planning on 
doing a mutiny, I guess, of this new government. Um, yeah, he wants to kill Adama or Apollo is the main thing. Apollo has too much sway with the president, so they want to remove. But it's him. really interesting seeing uh, that uh, terrorist dude. Um, realizing he's going to make a play but waiting and being patient for it to to present itself to the point where he wanted to murder Adama or Apollo and realized it wasn't the right choice for right now because they definitely need each other right now and then Adama showed up so yeah really great then they found a map to earth I suppose um so are you all in on the mystical Balahui yet? I w- yeah, or is it too much l- for you? like I love the way the show does this like interweaves this mythology and religion aspect to the precursors of humanity, I suppose, at this point. Um since they're not they haven't found Earth. Um yeah, I'm enjoying the ride. Uh, I'm not necessarily buying in on the religion aspect, but it's it's pretty fascinating to see them chase down whatever they have because, like, that's what they're relying on, on their hope, for their hope right now. And, like, they're in the middle of space and they don't have anywhere to set, set down roots. So it's like, it, I could feel like it, that would be very temperamental because nobody knows what the hell is going on. So giving some, giving everybody a goal um, would be worthwhile for everybody's advancement. So, yeah, it's really cool seeing all aspects of that. Um, so then we get the... I was texting you about this. The third episode we watched was the uh, Princess Warrior Xena is a Cylon. Um, she's also a news reporter. Yeah, um, I was telling you it's fascinating to see this, like, this idea of fake news before we really had it. I guess thinking about it a little bit more, like, this would have been at the near the end, I suppose, of the Iraq war, where I'm sh- <laughs> sure, like, we were getting that misinformation because, like, it was such a a bottleneck of information we could get at that point. So, but to see how much it's increased to this point to, to the point where anybody can throw out that fake news moniker and just nobody believes in it at all because they're just fed up with all that shit. Yeah. But let's see, look at it. Uh, you know, what she does produce is very, this kind of, you know, jingoistic, rah rah. The military's great. You know, it's almost like a piece of propaganda that she builds to raise morale in the fleet. But in the end, she's just really getting information for the Cylons, mm-hmm. just, just going in. And you know, even the Cylons didn't know that Sharon was still alive and that she was pregnant. So that's the big piece that they get out of this. Yeah, it's re- it's really cool seeing the. I get so. Um grumpy at the opening scenes where it's like these Cylons uh, have endured and found out a way and then they have a plan and it's like is their plan just to become more human? Like 
it seems like they're vastly superior to us other than the fact that they can't replicate, but don't they just build each other? So it's... <laughs> Listen, okay, I'm going to tell you something. The whole they have a plan thing is just just a slap. <laughs> There's no uh, I think this was brought up too is because uh, I was trying to get a little more detailed information because I wanted to go past these five episodes and you told me to hold off, so... Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what is left in store. I think we're about two thirds or one third of the way through right now, so <sighs> it's fascinating. This whole and uh, we were talking about how like it was very lost esque because they didn't have a plan for the show and they were just kind of writing it episode by episode, and that's why it is very episodic. Like I don't think that was the plan intend intended at all. So to have this quick pace where things get resolved within the episode, I appreciate. But uh, you do have the things that reach across a few episodes. So it's cool that way as well. So um, then we get the stealth fighter. The uh, fucking chief makes a, his own ship. Um, it's un... I don't think they said where the plans came through. I think he just had them laying around and was planning on building them maybe. But uh yeah, what they did was works and you see Hilo getting a little heat for uh bringing Sharon back but comes through and helps them skin this new fighter and then fucking Starbuck takes it out for a ride and it works. So it was cool. Yeah, it's definitely this you know, they did it last season too. It's uh we got to give them a win before shit gets real dark again. You know, it's it's a little bit of levity show that everything's not hopeless. Because if everything was hopeless, there'd be no reason for them to try to survive. And it's cool to see all the characters that you wouldn't see help chip in. Like, even Ty, like, sees that they or stumbles upon their moonshine facility and is like, listen, there's a couple engines over here, like, we're going to scrap, so you use those. But, uh, that you didn't hear it from me. Thank you for facilitating my alcoholism. <laughs> That's great. Time uh, but Hilo comes back and like they enjoy it or they help or they appreciate his helping skin it and whatnot, um, coming up with that idea. And then, yeah, now they got a stealth fighter. So it's like I'm looking forward to seeing that being used a lot more. And then the fifth episode is we get the Pegasus. The uh, Battlestar Pegasus reunites with them, and obviously they're a higher-ranking ship. Um, They have higher-ranking officers, but it seems like she's kind of lost her mind in this space madness, and this kind of too... Well, I don't... I don't think it's space madness. I think it's to show the dichotomy between what the... what they've been through and what it pushed Mm -hmm. them to do, and what it's that the Battlestar and the fleet have become this kind of ramshackle family and they have a moral code that they will not mm-hmm. cross. And this is, this is where Adama was at the miniseries, right? We're going to chase down the Cylons. We're going to take the fight to him. We're going to do this. Yeah. This is what he could have been, what could have happened. And it's the show, you know, like it's, you know, it's the duality. It shows the, the violence and the 
pettiness and what the Cylons accuse the humans <laughs> of. It shows that they're not wrong, at, at, but it's just not everybody. Uh, yeah, that, that's a great way to put it. Like, I didn't even think about how Adama was in the miniseries. Like, that 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 blows my mind so much. And like, it's not space madness. I it was just a generic term I was putting on it. But like, yeah, what they've been through, and like, obviously they've just been hunting Cylons um, since Caprica blew up. What I think like three months ago at this point is from just based on how Hilo was spent on. Caprica and was rescued. Um, maybe. maybe two months, but uh, yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I don't follow. I know he was down there for a couple yeah. months. It's but. interesting to see the how they come together, and she asserts herself. And Adama is basically a yes man for her at that point. But like when it comes to trying a few of the men that were not okay with tactics being used to question the Cylon. Um, they step in and... Dude, let, let me be fair. Rape is not a tactic. Well, yeah. Like, but, like, it was, they, it was very clear that um, the people aboard Pegasus, like the crew and whatnot, were fine with that happening. Even though it's weird to talk about it because half of them think that it's a machine, whatever. But there's also Hilo that, and Hilo and Chief that have come accustomed to her and I guess know her a little bit better than most do. But like these Cylons, and, and it, it, I'm struggling with Hilo right now because he knows more information than he's given people with the whole aspect of their, their, trying to figure out love to help them um, facilitate their way that they can replicate and birth babies. So I'm still waiting for that Knight Rider eyes baby to come out. So just don't bad mouth Hilo. He's a great man. I love me some Hilo. Oh, for uh, sure. I'm, I'm a big I fan think, of Hilo. I think if this episode has a misstep, I think the way it handles the uh, the threat of sexual abuse against Sharon and the obvious sexual abuse on, of the six on the Pegasus, uh, it doesn't really reflect upon their characters extends just to be a motivating factor for the men around yeah. them. I think that's kind of a misstep mm-hmm. there, but the idea of even trying to go that dark is laudable, yeah. I guess. Uh, but also speaking about number six on the Pegasus now, um, when he comes aboard, when Bal- Gaius comes aboard and is going to question the Cylon and realizes it's six, like the whole exchange they have when they see it's number six and like the six in his head, like is losing her mind. Um, the dichotomy between those two playing off of what's in front of them and how they're going to help her um, playing on the fact that number six did have feelings for Gaius, the one that's on earth anyway. Um, but I'm assuming like anyone that have been activated after those events, like would know those feelings as well. 
and that Gaius is a um, friendly person, I suppose, to their cause. I don't know. Um, but yeah, just seeing their, like, Gaius only gets more intriguing, especially with number six, like, in his head, like, and they went to the the point to find out that he doesn't have a Cylon anything in it, implanted in his brain because he got brain scanned and whatnot, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how that all plays out yet. So, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I got to the end of this episode and I was pissed because I couldn't go further, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next five and hopefully the next ten that we decide to do for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. We'll only do five. But um, so there's a mini series with Pegasus, though, isn't there? Listen, I I know where we're watching and what okay. we're watching. Okay. You're fine. It's not a mini. There's a movie that took okay. place. All right, so yeah, really loving Battlestar Galactica. Get caught up and enjoy it with us because this shit rocks, and we're only a season and a half deep now. So get into it. Yeah, but that is almost halfway. Mm, the yeah. show is almost done. <sighs> so good, so goddamn good. And I was even telling you that this this last week, like. Uh, I enjoyed Breaking Bad and Hannibal so much, but their stories over arc a whole season, and I don't think I could just throw an episode on at a time, but this being so episodic, like, I can just turn to one episode and see, like, the different, like, them building the the stealth bomber just to boost morale around the ship. Like, I, I'm definitely going to be returning to the series and uh, watching the episodes from here and there, so... You say that. <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. So, uh, from there, on to the main attraction, uh, Captain Marvel. The 21st movie in the MCU universe. How'd you feel? 21. How'd you feel about it? Uh, it's so good. I fucking Shut love this movie. The it's fuck great. up. <laughs> Why? Why you don't like that? I was so expecting you to come sit, come into this just being all right with this movie. Like I fucking love it. Mm. Yeah, it? I absolutely. I, it's my favorite Marvel MCU movie right now. Wow, because I'm lying. This movie's you shit. Fucker, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. I hate you. What one is it? I don't like I it. Didn't no. Think so. Um, it's really weird because you fucker. It's only because you know exactly how I feel about this goddamn movie because I put it on social media. You prick. We shouldn't blast it on social media. And no, I didn't see that until after I'd seen it. And I was like, what the (laughs) fuck is he watching? Uh, it's really funny because, um, with a few friends, like there's, somebody that parallels you and then there's somebody that's right in between me and you so i get both sides so do you feel like you're literally saying this is better than 20 other movies i do i do um it it subverted my expectations much like infinity war did and i feel like the way they did 
what were your expectations, I guess, that they were subverted? Hmm. You were like, I think they're going to do something crazy and cool and different. And then you went in, you're like, oh, they subverted it by doing a normal origin story. Cool. Well, no, yeah. I feel like uh, the way... Uh, so, if you're worried, like, it's full-on spoilers. So, if you haven't watched it, come back at a different time. But we're getting into it. Um, the way she got her powers, um, the way that hooked to the other movies, whatever. Um, it didn't have anything to do with uh, Infinity War so to speak, right now. Um, and, like, the way they showed her coming back into herself, I suppose. Did yeah. Because I don't know who Carol is. I don't know who she was supposed to be or who she is by the end of this movie. Because she is given no character. Um, I feel like that's what you're given by every how she interacts with everybody. Like she's a smartass. That cool, great, another quippy Marvel hero. <laughs> awesome. Like that's not a, that does not make a character. Having snide comments is not a character. I don't know. <laughs> By the end of the movie, she's like I've broken free and become who I was, but I don't know who she was because she is no one for this whole movie. Because amnesia storyline cool that's what we fucking need listen motherfucker you're the one that enjoys comic books and i don't understand how you can't spend your disbelief for a movie no i can but i'm saying since she's not carol for three-fourths of the movie because she doesn't know who she is yeah that when she magically gets all her memories back by hearing a black box recording what don't know how that works i don't think she uh, i, I don't think she got out. all her memories back i think she was just she had the moment the memories that she was searched through on the ship and then the one episode from the black box but i don't think she got anything else no, because yeah because there's that part where she says she makes some comment to Monica, the young girl, and she's like, oh, you remember? She's like, yeah, I remember everything. Um, I Talking to a kid and telling her, yeah, yeah, no worries. Okay, so then she also just happened to remember all the times she f- tripped as a kid and stood up. No, she but had those, all those memories back, too. No, but those were the memories she was searching. Not all through. of them. Which ones weren't? No, the only one was her falling. The only one was her falling off the rope in the go-kart. Wherever she was on the beach or whatever, that wasn't in there. I'll give you the beach, but um, there were like two other times that she was searching okay. through. So, so then she is still not a character by the end of this movie. If she doesn't get her memories back and become who she was supposed to be or who she was before she lost them, she's still a blank slate. But she's her moral compass is intact and She's leading with that until she gets her memory back, is what I assume. But, she... but how do I know what her moral compass is? Because I don't know who's where. You need to know with a character to know where their compass what? lies. Walter White's compass lag towards the right way, but he did terrible shit because of what it. are you? What but information are you missing? He was as a character. <sighs> who is Carol? There is no why is she why was she in the military? Why is she trying to be a hero? There's nothing given to who this character is. 
all you needed was that she was in the military and they were trying her and this other lady were trying to do big things but it was the 90s and they weren't going to get these opportunities so she had to push for these dangerous missions with her with this um crap i forget her name but like that's why she flew the plane and decided to take all these risks and i mean she's a risk taker and tries to push her own is she yes she absolutely is and i don't understand how you're having problems understanding that how 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 is she like even if she's not amnesia her i guess muscle memory and going into the fight head on to chase down these scrolls that have landed on earth like that immediately shows you what kind of person she is or it shows her six years of Cree training I mean, that led true. her to go after scrolls. True, but that would have a vast impact on who, what a char- what her character is. Until she not if that's not who her character is. But she's learning because by the end the she. Way. No, it's not. That's not. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't work. Uh, it works perfectly for me, and I don't get how you're not getting it. Get there's nothing to like get. to the point where she's been, she was duped by the Krees and they're out to just wipe all the basically a mass genocide of the scrolls that we've only been taught which she, she was, was all for two minutes before, but, but she was all for that, yeah. And then they, but then she remembers who she was before. Oh, wait, she doesn't, she doesn't know who she was before, yeah. But she knows that she can help unless now. you're saying she can, could... <laughs> but if you're, but if okay. you're in a position that you can help these people that have been wronged for so long, and you realize that that and that they only want to be part or they just want to find their family when they did find their family. Like, why wouldn't you help that if you if you had the powers to do that? Sure, but why does she switch the sides? Because they gave her enough information that that the Krees definitely weren't giving her. <laughs> but that all relies on her remembering the stuff from, like, this incident with Lawson. And then her avenue to not believe the Kree, but I don't know. But she was told that whoever she trusted the most would be the person that she would see. And when she sees Lawson, obviously, okay. So it has if more she a- also believes, the, if she also believes the Cree lie about everything, why? How are they not lying about that? Maybe because obviously they bind her and are planning on. Keeping in her, keeping her in control of her, so they know that she understands that they're bad beings. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. There are also why? Why did they take her? Why did Why did Yonrog and the Kree take her? They had no reason. They were literally just there to stop. Lawson from being able to build us faster than light because they Shit. because There's they nothing. know that she's this powerful being and they've already brainwashed her one time. Why wouldn't they be able to brainwash her again? Well, no, I mean, why did they take her when she was on Earth after the explosion? She was laying there unconscious, and I was like, "What's well, I guess try to take her home and brainwash her? Maybe fingers crossed. Hope she has amnesia." Well, I like, mean, they there's no point they to saw it. that she was infused with power from the Tesseract, so 
What that doesn't help them. But what it, do they want that for? But it would give them a starting point to search for the uh, tesseract again. They weren't searching for the tesseract. They came there to stop the engine from being built, so the Kree couldn't, or for the so the scrolls couldn't get away. But if Lawson was helping out the scrolls, obviously they came to destroy her. And if they could brainwash her, why wouldn't they use her as a weapon at that point? But they, I, it literally makes no sense. What? That they want to use her as a weapon and indoctrinate her to the Cree way. It doesn't make any sense. Mm. Well, I mean, they have this powerful being that they have control over. It's essentially Superman. But they if didn't you... have control when they took her. But there was, they there was no sign control. that after that explosion. There was no point at, at the after that explosion that one, they knew that being infused with the reactor would give her any powers. They're just like, oh, it's fused with her. They have no idea that they'd be able to control her. So let's take her back to our home planet and hope but we can. But they knew that she had vital it information too. for where to find those light speed engine plans, so they could destroy him once and for all. No, she one she didn't, and two they never tried to get that in six years. It just seemed like they were working towards that, and once they got her brainwashed, they could use her. So why why not use it? I didn't feel that at all. The only reason any of this movie happens is because the scrolls get her and then find out about what Lawson was doing. Otherwise, Yon Rog was never going to go back to Earth, and none of that would have happened. Yeah. So. So there's no point back to Hala and trying to make her a Kree warrior. There's no reason. I mean, besides having Superman on your side, why wouldn't you want Superman on your side? They didn't know she was going to have powers like that, though. She's literally laying there unconscious. Okay. No idea okay, what... But if she's unconscious, you figure she has that information, so you take her back to your planet. When she wakes up with amnesia... What information? The information about her lab and everything for that light speed engine. If if they wanted that, they wouldn't have killed Lawson. They would have taken her, not fucking Danvers. I'm sure it would be much easier to extract information from a human rather than the Kree that are obviously, you could tell off the bat, are mistrustful. Don't extract any information but from her, though. They don't. They train her to be Because she has amnesia, and they know they aren't going to get that information, so they might as well use it. No, none of this holds up. You're fighting so hard for shoddy logic no and way. terrible plotting. It makes complete sense, and I don't know what else to say to you. It makes no sense. If anything, they would have shot her and left and went, okay, the Kree no longer have an engine. There's no way for them to get no. away. We stopped okay, so they helping them. The, we can continue our genocide. They destroy the engine, but there's still plans there. So they have to find those plans. I don't <laughs> plans written in Kree that no one else can read. Yeah. I mean, obviously they'd be cool. somewhere, and plus they, she said that she had a lab, and they knew the light, the power for the light speed engine was somewhere, and they would be after that. Obviously, Ronan knew what it was they about. They absolutely didn't know that. Ronan, because remember, showed when up and it's, it, it's played like it's played like a fucking twist when there's like 
oh, that was the engine, not the power source. You know, like no one cares. They they spend six years not doing anything about it. But there's no they're, they're not worried about her lab. They're not worried about her plans. You're just pulling this out of nowhere. I don't. I don't think so. I, that's how it works for me, anyway. Okay, I'm glad it works for you. It just does not work for me. It does and. Yeah, I think it works to set up everything that has happened so far and getting uh, Nick Fury into the saddle for this whole timeline of events. So, what we didn't need that. Yeah, we though. definitely did. We definitely no did point. need a a woman superhero that was this way rather than just shy and meek like Black Widow is shown to be. Black Widow is shy in, and meek. In the world's greatest listen, assassin. When she's in a group, she hardly ever says anything or doesn't have any input. Cool. Cool. I, well, like, if that's what you're... Like, literally, this movie does nothing but show, hey, she's real strong. She'll come in handy in Endgame. Like, there's no characterization for it. I don't feel there's anything that, like, shows her as... Oh, my God. I sound like a fucking... I don't know how to talk about this without sounding like, oh, I don't like women, (laughs) which is not true at all. This is how this movie tricks people. Mm -hmm. Like when you talk about like in terms of like a strong female standing up and doing stuff, I will always go back to that Wonder Woman scene, the no man's land scene. It's a perfect encapsulation of what she can do as a woman that they can't do. It's literally said no man's land and how that, whole scene ties into who she is as a character and it builds her up and shows how strong and loving and she's going to end this war and stop this. Love it. It's great. This movie's just like, we're going to drop a no doubt song called I'm just a girl during a fight scene. That's our feminist move. Woo woo. Hmm. I agree with you for the wonder woman. I mean, that's perfect characterization and it feels like this is that moment just built up. Into an hour and a half no, or two-hour movie. This is that moment dropped down to nothing. Like, okay, <laughs> this it's not. I don't. I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad. Good and for I you. Really feels like you're pissed off that I enjoyed this movie so much. No, I'm just I'm pissed off that you're just defending it from nothing. No, I think this is nec- like. Hmm. I don't know. It, over the last month and a half, all we've seen is people say that this movie isn't isn't going to be great because everybody's pissed off about what she said about interviews, whatever. And I enjoy Brie Larson as an actress. I think she did a great job in Captain Marvel. Um, I don't understand your criticism about not showing characters because... Even though she has amnesia, she still has those fighting predispositions to build herself up. And then you get to the moment where she remembers that she keeps standing up after all these moments she's getting knocked down. And I feel like this movie needs to exist like Black Panther did to show everybody else they have a superhero and plus when i was growing up i had super metroid and like when that twist of the reveal of the game was it was a super badass chick like 
only made me love the game even more because you're just going around killing the space aliens that, as this badass. That's, that's fine. But at least Black Panther had things to say about race and colonialism and heritage and what we're doing racially. Like that scene of her standing up doesn't work because I don't know who she was then. I don't, I don't know who Carol was as a kid or her backstory with Monica or what she tried to do to get into the Air Force. Like none of that resonates because I don't know who she is. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And like, sure, you can try to say she has amnesia and her characteristics to show through, but like, that's not a character. Like, the first Iron Man, like, it's Tony learning not to profit from weapons and go beyond what his father set up and not be a warmonger and stop the violence and be a peacekeeper. And Cap's about like standing up to the, this ideal that they want him to be. And what if the government's not good enough? You know, like, these are all character arcs. Carol has, she's just there. In her own way. But she's learning who she was, but she never necessarily finds out who she is. But given what information she had, she knows that she can be this hero hero person for the masses, and she learns to come into play with that. Okay. You just got a different reading from them than me. Good for you. I'm fine. Yeah. Well, so what are we watching for next week, then? I don't know. Podcast is over. <laughs> you lock it down right now. <laughs> it's done. It's done. You're ridiculous. So obviously, five episodes of Battlestar. Um, what do we got theatrically? Um, um, I looked it up, man. What cap- is it? There's cap- two of them. Yep, Captive State, and then I'm sure you want to see the Dying Teenagers movies because that's huh? your thing. Which one's that? What? Five Feet Apart? Oh, yeah. yeah. They have MS yeah, or whatever? That's the one I wanted to see. See, I knew it. You're all in about dead teenager love awesome. stories. It's broken people fixing broken people. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that, that. And then, uh, don't, isn't that stupid Netflix movie with like Ben Affleck and all the square job guys coming out where they rob Fort Knox or something? Uh, I have no idea, but if so, we're definitely watching that. Um, I was going to say, is, uh, is this the week for, um, the robot love or robot love and war? Whatever. It's called on Netflix. I have no idea what that is. Hang on a second. I want to say it's Love, War, and Robots. That sounds awful. You're, you're, you sound awful? <laughs> and also... Love, what, Death, and Robots what, what, in an what? anthology by... Uh, I know Fincher's involved with it. Who wants an anthology? All anthologies suck. All of them we watch suck. <laughs> They're 15 minute episodes. That's worse than anything. <laughs> Listen, I'll watch it and I'll tell you that you need to watch it next week, so it's fine. Wonderful. Actually, um, I won't I won't I won't it. force it because it's all animated, so to hell with you. Ooh, ew, <laughs> even worse. <laughs> 
That's fair. And also, just like, can we, can we, I can talk about how dumb the fucking credit stinger was as well. Like, what was uh, that? Which one are you talking about? The one with Cap and the Avengers. Like, it's how so dumb. Why did they have to bring Pager? Uh, There's no reason they would think that was important. Listen, it would obviously be important if they found where Fury was and then found that still blinking. Yeah, and how is people turned into dust more important than the fucking they the fucking Ultron throwing a meteor at the Earth or the fucking New York Battle of New York? Why was Fury like gotta call her now because people be disappearing? It could just be the Christian Rapture. Nick Cage lived through that. Don't need to call Captain <laughs> Marvel. You're being ridiculous and you're looking for reasons to hate on this shit. No, it's really dumb. Why did they have, like, why would they go to where Fury disappeared? Why would they find a random pager on the street and think it was his? And why would they try and figure out, keep it running? Like, it makes no sense. It's such a stretch. Mm, I don't know. I feel like you're just looking for reasons to hate on shit. <laughs> I, I think I, it was. I think I think it was great because see, you see who's around on Earth, and it's just Cap and uh, Black Widow trying to figure out what the hell that thing was useful for. No, I mean Banner and War Machine were there too. I mean, yeah, but you see those heroes because you see, obviously Tony's there, not there, and nor is uh, Thor. So. Yeah, it's exactly where we left him at the last movie. No, like, Thor we know what's him. going on. Well, maybe Thor's just not in that fucking scene. <laughs> Listen, you just need to fucking reel it in a little bit. You are a little tense right now. Uh, are we... No, it's dumb. <laughs> are we doing a best and worst next week, too? It's fucking dumb. <laughs> That's what it is. Oh, you. And also... Fuck that movie for giving me the supreme intelligence and not giving me a giant floating fucking alien Zordon head with tentacles. It's horseshit. Listen, let it all out now. Your body is good pissed, so get it all out there. Literally, like a guy at work was like, what do you want from Captain Marvel? I was like, I want the supreme intelligence to be in it and to be the fucking giant head. And, <laughs> and it's like, nope, just the net bending. Fuck you, movies. <laughs> Listen, that's what we're going to get for Captain Marvel 2. And two, like, I have literally read, like, four Captain Marvel comic books in my <laughs> life, right? Like, I've read, like, a couple Kelly Suda comics, and then mainly I've seen her in Avengers and X-Men stuff, where she was binary and where she was fucking Warbird. It was dope. But that limited knowledge I have, I knew that Lawson was Captain Marvel's secret identity, so I knew that twist when it came. I knew Jan Rog was the bad guy who facilitated her origin, so I knew that. Yep, we gotta play it crazy and to the vest the whole movie, because no one knows. <laughs> Fuck that. Stupid. Uh, you about done yet? Yeah, so, for the best, uh, <laughs> we're doing something a little different this week. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, because number 30 is Into the Spider-Verse. We literally already have like three hours worth of content recorded oh, yeah, yeah. about that. So, so we're going to jump back a few. We're going to go back to number 36, uh, which is Once Upon a Time in the West. And we're going to watch that. And then for the worst, we have uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. What? Is yeah. With uh, Tim Toolman Taylor? 
you know, I could, I sure I'd probably make that work. <laughs> he's a, he's a big dummy who doesn't believe in evolution because they're still monkeys. Man, you are just a thousand percent, de- a thousand degrees right now. What was the first? What was the first <laughs> one we were watching? Once upon a time in the West. Who's in that? Fucking oh uh, my God, Charles Bronson man. and Peter Fonda. And it's fucking Sergio Leone, and it's like three hours long, Listen and it's beautiful. Do we really want to watch another three-hour movie? Uh, yes. Right. And then what was the Santa Claus one? Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Ooh. Son of a bitch. At least it's only an hour 21 movies from 64. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So, I suppose that's what we're watching next week, unless you got something else. Not unless I figure something All else right. out. I'm literally putting my coat on right now and have a cigarette. I'm so worked <laughs> out. All right. So, come back next week. We'll talk about all that. Maybe I can sway Luke into watching Captain Marvel one more time and actually enjoying it this time around. So, we'll catch you next week for all that goodness. Uh, peace, pineapple, and everything great.